Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coach Mack just leaving the uh, studio, swinging by. Dave McGinnis. I'll get 360 rolls on. The man rolled in, brought the energy. I had to lead with that because Chad said, good to see you live on the air. Good to see you too, Chad. Yeah. Uh, Well, Coach Mack was about to be live on air. He was right in front of our camera. As we were coming back from break, so the man does what he look, wants. Look, I, I, if it's on air or not, I don't care. When Coach Mack leaves or he enters, you greet him and you tell him goodbye. I'll say it on air. I'll do it again. Oh, no. oh, I, we'll do it anywhere. If he wanted to come in right now and just put his backside <laughs> up against that camera and have a conversation with us, Hutton, this show doesn't continue as as you proceed. When Coach Mack calls, you answer the call. I, I, you answer that bell every time, much like the husband calling contest. When those yeah. wives call. You answer if you're Daryl oh, or Eugene or any of those husbands. I couldn't answer that call. <laughs> whoever you are with Coach Mack, you uh, you answer it. Oh, it, uh, one of the best dudes ever. Uh, love the guy. And uh, Dave McGinnis will tell you there's two things he has a lot of: money and hair. And uh, he proves it on a daily basis. <laughs> He's the man. That's right. Uh, we will get to uh, details on the AFC and NFC Championship games. That's coming up in 20 minutes. Armando Salguero will join us from Outkick.com. Um, Georgetown snapped a 29-game Big East losing streak, Chad. That's how bad it was at Georgetown and Patrick Ewing. That's the headline is Georgetown had a 29-game conference losing streak. I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad until I saw the headline when they beat DePaul uh, the other night to snap this, this losing streak. Patrick Ewing has to be uh, dead man walking at Georgetown right now, I would think. You think so? There's also a lot of weird stuff that I read about the infrastructure at Georgetown and just what they're willing to pay and what they're willing to do to be good at basketball again. This is a national power from the 80s under John Thompson in the 90s. I mean, this is the school of Patrick Ewing and Allen Iverson and Alonzo Mourning and and the list goes on and on to Kimbe Mutombo. And they were feared in the world of college basketball. They're in a great part of Washington, D.C. Um, not a lot of terrific parts of D.C. right now. They're in a good one yeah. in Georgetown. It's a great school. It's, it's just odd to me, first off, that anyone can go through a 29-game conference losing streak. That's difficult to accomplish. You get half your games at home. You're bound to catch someone that's I mean, had a really off-night shooting. We're talking, and you catch someone, but for 29 straight games, they couldn't beat a soul. Vanderbilt football didn't go that long in the SEC, and it's way more difficult right. when you're Vanderbilt in the SEC yes. to win a football game. Yes, uh, basketball yeah. again. I mean, you're getting uh, it's a, it, whether it's 16 or 18, you're getting either eight or nine home games a year. Cracks at it, yeah, to get it right, and to lose twenty nine straight overall is just ridiculous. Um, Georgetown, and we should also throw in Vandy. We're, we mentioned Vandy; those two basketball programs should not be at the level that they're playing at currently. Both of them. No, now Vandy is uh, is what, coming 10 10? out like of five hundred. Yeah, right they now. had such a bad non conference. It's not going to matter really what they do in the SEC. They got a couple nice wins in the SEC. They they recently won at Georgia, but Georgia doesn't look that good. Uh, they beat Arkansas at home. 
which was a nice win. Had a yeah. great chance at a big win over Kentucky, but lost pretty big. They're three and four in Memorial the conference. Gym. Yeah, they're respectable, I guess, in the SEC right now. Uh, but no, that's a program that needs to be better. In year four to Jerry Stackhouse, and what's the common denominator here? Uh, two former NBA stars. One's leading their alma mater. Yep. The other's not. Not working out. The other one that's really sort of strange right now, who's done a much better job. Juwan Howard has done great. Fantastic at job. Michigan, they're not very good. Well, but they at least we've seen Juwan Howard reach that level. Yeah, but it's, it, what's crazy about Juwan Howard, this is kind of the inverse of the, the, um, the Rick Barnes argument. They drastically underachieved last year, drastically with their roster. Multiple NBA guys in that roster. They got an 11 mm. seed. Tennessee got very unlucky as a three seed to match up with 11 seed Michigan, yes. who was probably two or three seed level talent, and they lost a close game in the second round. That leads to what is marked as failure for Rick Barnes to not get any further than the first weekend with that team a year ago. And for Juwan Howard, that success sort of erased what was a disappointing season for the most part, just to get that win over Tennessee and get the upset as the 11 over the three. And I, I look at them this year, and, and they lost a lot from last year, but they still have Hunter Dickinson. They've got some really good players. Um, they got a, this son, Jet Howard, is a star. They're just average. And these guys are getting paid. We know that Juwan Howard is worthy of the, of the salary, though. I guess that's my overall point. Stackhouse, we don't know the full salary based on the private institution. Same goes for Patrick Ewing, too. Uh, but, Chad, we, you and I were discussing this yesterday um, prior to the show. Stackhouse is getting paid more, and we haven't seen results at a, at a program that has seen solid play and plays in a gym that's historic, and it just, it's just not the same vibe or feel whatsoever. Same with Georgetown in a 29-game losing streak in their conference. It's nuts. Those are two academically inclined institutions in Vanderbilt and Georgetown uh, that we've seen match up in some big NCAA tournament games in the past. In fact, one in the Sweet 16 that both Vandy and Georgetown fans will remember. Uh, the Jeff Green walked yes, game yes. where he hit the game winner as time was expiring, but walked yeah. to get there that Vandy fans are still upset about. I don't blame them. They played another time in the NCAA tournament too, I believe. But I'm, I'm with you. Big metropolitan areas mm-hmm. for both of them. Private, academic-minded standing and just... Not good for a number of years now. And um, with Jerry Apathy. Stackhouse and Vandy, nothing's going to change there. He just got a contract extension. I'd still be surprised, even if, for whatever reason, Georgetown is strapped for cash, that they don't make a move this after this next after this season and go in a different direction. David Hookstead with a story at OutKick. Uh, Marcus Stokes, who was the four-star quarterback recruit uh, for the 2023 class with the Florida Gators and a commitment there, and he had his offer – pulled uh, after he filmed himself saying the n-word while uh, rapping on social media uh, or a live stream he is now uh, he's now going to play for an HBCU you want to talk about changing the narrative playing at Albany State uh, and playing for an HBCU after having your offer pulled by Florida he's got a chance to do that whenever he plays quarterback for the Rams so we're 10 years removed from Riley Cooper mm-hmm. shouting the word that this kid shouted at a Kenny Chesney concert and it being on video, and he was saying it to someone, not just uh, repeating the words of a rap song, which I think this kid was doing. Um, Riley Cooper kept playing in the NFL. 
mm-hmm. he wasn't canceled over it. Now, he faced a lot of backlash. When you say Riley Cooper today, With that's still what yeah. most people remember uh, was that. And, and so he, he paid the price. That was 10 years ago? For, for that mistake. I, I just see this, and you know, I'm, I'm anti-canceling people, especially when they're 17, 18 years old, yes. over something they do that's dumb. Um, especially so when he's rapping the words to a song. Is it stupid? Yes. Should he have done it? No. Should he have done it on camera? Especially not. Uh, Should Florida revoke his scholarship offer? No. I don't think they should. I think they made a mistake by doing that. I think you could easily explain it away as a kid singing along to a song, being stupid, uh, you know, doing something dumb with that. And the fact that now you have an HBCU that's offering him a scholarship, I think, shows... After a level he, of forgiveness and understanding yeah. that is sorely lacking right now in society. Didn't he play at Tebow's high school, this kid? Tebow was homeschooled. No, he played quarterback at... Uh, he played at Nice. Yes. Uh, but he was homeschooled. Well, he, he, that I was, was a big, he played at... Uh, yeah, that at, was a big controversy, I though, think, was he didn't go to the high school he played, played at. I think Stokes played at the same... That, that was the notoriety and the connection with the Gators uh, at the time. Um, but yeah, a, a chance to really change the narrative on uh, a guy that was 17 was headed for an SEC quarterback position and had it pulled for something he did on social. Um, it, it's, again, I think it was an extreme reaction from Florida. Oh, of course. To do what they did. And, and my cynical brain, the moment it happened, I thought, well, this is convenient. They just landed Jaden Rashada. And now they're conveniently kicking this guy to the curb yeah. for this video. Yeah. He was suddenly expendable once they got a better quarterback option in that class. Oh, whoops. Now they don't have either one of them because Jaden Rashada held out Napier, for, his, uh, for his NIL money. Napier has been cleaning house, though, since he got there. Right? Like the leading tackler for his defense in the middle of the year. He kicked him off the team. Um, so I think it's also if he's trying to like change the locker room culture of what was there, he's also, right, he's got a, the Rashada thing's weird, though, based on the the collective with the Gators and what was apparently offered and signed, yeah. based on what Napier's been doing. Well, that, that I chalk up to the NIL, the collective being dumb and not Napier. I, I don't know that I blame Billy Napier for anything that went on with the Gator collective. But they didn't they initially try to keep good him around, it? though? Like, they tried to get him to stay with the letter of intent. Well, they tried to get him to stay and just take a lot less money. But that, that and he's saying, I don't well, know, we that signed a contract like that you're going to pay me more. Over the last year with the guys and the mindset and the commitment. Um, well, he was getting rid of some pretty good players who were kind of dogging it at times. Yeah, that quit on the previous year. season, yeah, too. Yeah, that had attitude and that, that he wanted out. So there was a little bit of uh, uh, getting rid of the weeds. Picking yeah. through the weeds at Florida through yeah. this. I, I don't know that I see this as that unless there was something separate with this kid with an attitude issue that this made it more public and convenient to cut the scholarship offer and move on because this to me is just straight up cancel culture 2022. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I, there's no, like, there, I mean, it's a simple way to put it. Florida's got to regret this it now, is. though, right? I mean, based on the situation that they have to what you're saying about Rashada. Well, and the reaction to it. They had John Kitna's son, mm-hmm. who's going possibly to prison. Yes. They lost Rashada. They've got Graham Mertz. They've got the kid who started in the bowl game who looked Miller. bad, Jack Miller. 
Um, but who knows who, what he's going to be or become. Yeah, they have no depth right now at, at quarterback. Ted, three years ago, uh, Kobe Bryant on this day was a helicopter crash. It, it feels longer than that to me for some reason. Me too. It feels like five, six, seven years. Yeah, it feels like we'll be talking about this as the five-year we anniversary in, of that happening. We were in Miami. We were about to go to Miami for the yeah. Super Bowl when all that went down. It was um, the weekend before we left, I think, for Miami yeah. that, it, that it happened. And it happened during the, the middle of the AFC and NFC Championship games. I remember, uh, in fact, watching with you in Miami at the Super Bowl, the uh, Lakers game. Yeah. When they returned home with the, the Kobe Bryant special game, which was really cool. And then in stadium at Hard Rock, uh, they had a massive uh, moment, a moment of silence, but then a big tribute to him uh, in stadium at the Super Bowl prior to Kansas City and San Francisco playing, which can also be the Super Bowl matchup this year in Phoenix. Kobe Bryant's one of those names that when you just hear it, you, you immediately think back to the tragedy. Yeah. You know, there's some people that you hear the name and you think, oh, what, what, what happened? No, you know immediately what happened with Kobe Bryant uh, with the helicopter crash. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy that it's been three years. It feels like a lot longer. Armando Salguero is coming up. We're going to preview the matchups, AFC, NFC, uh, and we'll try to really pin down beyond Mahomes and the injury. And by the way, Mahomes looks pretty good uh, jogging around on the practice field yesterday. Beyond the quarterback storyline, what does this matchup come down to, and why have the Bengals had the success over the last three games between Cincinnati and Kansas City? Armando is next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Nathaniel Hackett. Is now the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. And Chad, the dots are easy to connect here with Aaron Rodgers. We were doing it last year with the Denver Broncos. Of course, that didn't happen. And we know how bad the offense was. They averaged just under 17 points per game in Denver last year, which is the worst offense in the NFL for putting points on the board. Um, but now he's the OC in New York, and we know that ownership has said they are willing to pay a price to go get a veteran quarterback. Are they willing to pay the price of two first-round picks, which I suspect well, they will fit be the, the, the They the fit the, the AFC criteria. They do. I believe the countdown is now on for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets because when they hired Aaron Rodgers' ping-pong pal, they knew exactly <laughs> yeah, what yeah. they were doing when they did that. So a Raj. He's about to be jersey-bound. Hey, That's well, my guess. Armando Salguero about to join us from Outkick.com. Um, I'm with you. They also, you know, they've made some other hires as well. But the, the dots are very easy to connect. And I don't know why you would make this move, which is it's a very similar offense that Hackett is known for with, from the, the Mike LaFleur offense in 
the OC they just fired. Um, I don't know why you make the... It's not a lateral move. You want to stay the same. But you're certainly not staying the same at QB. Armando joins us now. Armando, your thoughts... I'm sure you heard part of that discussion at least on the Nathaniel Hackett hire in New York. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess I come at it from a different point of view, gentlemen, and that is as a uh, a reporter. Yes. And I can just imagine if it doesn't go exactly right for Nathaniel Hackett, (laughs) if it goes anywhere close to how it did in Denver last year, the Nathaniel Hackett weekly press conferences with the New York media (laughs) – is going to be lunch served every week with the New York media. Because, I mean, God bless my brethren in Green Bay. They are very thoughtful. They get very great, unique, in-depth answers out of their interviewees. God bless the guys in Denver. Same thing. But the New York hacks, they will go after this dude and they will carve him up and serve him if he doesn't get that offense right. And it's and it's why I think, Armando, that it's kind of step one of this transition to go for the trade for Aaron Rodgers because I don't know how you bring in Nathaniel Hackett, quite frankly, and expect him to work with anyone but Aaron Rodgers and have success. I mean, if it's someone new or a a rookie quarterback or is this the guy to mold Mike White into a star, (laughs) you're not bringing on Nathaniel Hackett. You're bringing in Nathaniel Hackett because Aaron Rodgers likes him. What do you think about that? So you guys think that Aaron Rodgers has made up his mind, he's going to play, and he wants to play in New York. I think Aaron Rodgers loves drama, and I think he loves keeping people in suspense and deep down – he wants to play again, and he wants to play for a different team, not the Green Bay Packers that can compete for a Super and, Bowl. And let me just add, Armando, I don't know that it's necessarily the Jets, but no, I that's don't, my thought. I don't think he's made up his mind on where he wants to play and that it's going to be the Jets either. But there's, I, I do buy into the fact that the Broncos went after Hackett thinking that they could get Rodgers last year, and they end up with Russell Wilson. And there's, I don't think there's any coincidence that they announced that that trade is going down, what, 50-something minutes after Rodgers announced he's returning to the Packers. I think the Jets are falling for the trap as well. The old Hackett banana in the tailpipe <laughs> trick. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. Here's the, here's the thing. I, I, I kind of believe Aaron Rodgers when he says he doesn't know yet. Okay. I, in fact, I don't kind of believe him. I outright believe him. That dude is still, um, you look at him, you hear him compared to how he normally speaks. There is uncertainty there. He's not 100%. And he doesn't feel like he needs to be 100% right now because no one's pushing him, certainly not the Green Bay Packers, to make a decision. Because if the Packers, if they feel like they push him, they might get the wrong answer and they don't want the wrong answer. I know there's a lot of speculation out there that the Packers would like the trade um, compensation. There's a lot of, (coughs) excuse me. There's a lot of speculation out there that Jordan Love 
you know, has won over the building. Let's just be clear. Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. And the trade compensation is not Aaron Rodgers. <coughs> so, sorry. So the Green Bay Packers, they're not, they, they don't want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Let's just be clear about that. Armando Salguero with us, and as he grabs uh, some water, hopefully he's got that, or he's, he's muting his line, which is very polite of Armando. You can read his That's work at outkick.com. Armando's go- a pro's pro. He knows to mute the mic before while he has a coughing fit. That, that, take, that takes oh, a level of professionalism absolutely. that we're not used to on this yeah, show, so uh, we appreciate it. Very flexible there with uh, all of the, the Zoom tricks that uh, Armando's using here. Uh, before we get to the, the preview of the championship games, because I want to leave plenty of time for that, let's spend five minutes or so on the, the coaching carousel and the discussion today Frank Reich's the first coach hired and it's by Carolina I don't think any of us thought that Reich would be the first coach hired in this process because the focus has been elsewhere for sure surrounding Sean Payton but let's start with Reich why Frank Reich over Steve Wilkes if it came down to those two it did come down to those two and one of them is an offensive coach with experience and uh, a history of success, and the other one's not an offensive coach with a history of success. It's as simple as that. The Carolina Panthers, the reason that they've not been a good team is because their quarterback position has been abysmal, no matter who's manning it, regardless of whether it's been Sam Darnold, Cam Newton of late, uh, P.J. Walker, you know, Baker Mayfield, all those guys ultimately failed the franchise. And the franchise owner, Dave Tepper, understands that unless he gets that one position right, it doesn't matter that he's got, you know, a nice defensive front seven. It doesn't matter that his back end uh, of the secondary is, is strong. It doesn't matter that they can plug and play running backs. What matters is they can't win without a good quarterback. And you can't have a good quarterback without a good quarterback guru type coach. The, I would say to you that the Panthers are, are following the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of trail okay. in that they've got a guy who has won in the NFL, just like the Pat, just like the Jaguars did with Doug Peterson, they know that they need a quarterback type guy, just like the Jaguars did with Doug Peterson. The difference is Doug Peterson walks in and lo and behold, there's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> well, Chad. Frank Reich, Frank Reich is going to walk in and lo and behold, there's like. No Nobody. <laughs> and Armando, that, that leads exactly the question I wanted to ask you because Doug Peterson inherited Trevor Lawrence because the Jags had the number one overall pick and took Trevor Lawrence. What do you think about the possibilities of what the Panthers would have to trade to possibly trade up to number one overall and, and draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they wanted? Or do you think they'd be content to stick at number nine and take uh, Will Levis or whatever best available quarterback is there at that spot? Uh, yeah, they are at number nine. And based off of what I'm hearing from scouts, mm-hmm. they are, I mean, are we sure that Bryce Young is going to be number one? Not positive, but he would be the leader in the clubhouse. I'd say him or CJ Stroud will be number one. Bryce Young has the best talent, the best resume, 
and not the best body. He is short. He is thin. And that has a way of showing up in the NFL. And so whoever is taking him is banking on what? Having great protection for him and him getting in the weight room and gaining 15 or 20 pounds. And he's still going to be short. So does that a number one overall pick make? I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. And more importantly, the scouts that I've spoken with, they're not sure. And I know that this is, it goes against everything that everyone is expecting because Bryce Young is not a good or a great, he is a generational college quarterback, right? Uh, but generational college quarterbacks don't translate to the NFL sometimes. Armando Salguero, our guest, what was the market really like for Sean Payton? And I'll tie it in with the Panthers because to what Chad's asking, if they're thinking about trading up to number one to get a quarterback, it doesn't have to be Bryce Young, but to get ahead of Houston, could they pay the price that it would take to trade for Sean Payton in their own division with the Saints, right? Um, they, I don't think they could. Also, what is it the Broncos are bust? And what about this report that he's not getting along with one of the members of their ownership group there? Yeah, I like the the Broncos are bust there. You know, that's a pun. You know that, right, well, Jonathan? Well, I mean, do you well, – yes. But get do, it? Busting Broncos? Yep. Get it? No, no doubt. No doubt. But do you think it's just the Broncos and that's it? Are, are there any other teams that, truly in on this on this part, uh, possibility that Sean Payton's coming out of media to be a head coach again? Why is Sean Payton not the first coach hired? He was the most decorated he is available and been available for, for a year. Yep. Uh, anybody that would have been interested could have easily done their due diligence on him. There's reasons why. And the reason is Sean Payton has asks that he wants met. Uh, and I get it, rightfully so, right? Because he wants to go to the next situation and be 100% success. And to do that, you've got to get your people and your situation looking right. And you've got to get, again, and I hate to harp on it, the quarterback situation looking right. Does the quarterback situation look good in Carolina? No. Does it look great in Houston? No. Does it look good in Denver? No. No, it doesn't. Regardless of whether you think that Russell Wilson is uh, what we saw last year was a one-off or regardless of whether you think he's fallen off the table. It doesn't matter. What matters is what Sean Payton thinks. And right now, he's not hired for a reason because he wanted the job that he's not going to be offered, which is the job in Los Angeles, coaching the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. And everything else is a step back and a step down. And everything else comes with, I would say to you, um, it, look, if you've ever asked a girl out on a date and, you know, it, it's like, do you ask 
the prettiest, smartest, you know, whatever, the one with the car, the nice car that will lend it out to you. Uh, you want that one, right? You want, if you're in high school, that's the one you want. No doubt. But what you got and what Sean Payton has a choice of right now is <laughs> an okay girl. She has braces. Uh, she, you know. Real sweetheart, uh, though. Real you're, sweetheart. You're saying it's not Dallas. Great personality. Yeah. Uh, she's got a bike, a bicycle. <laughs> Built for two, maybe. Mode of transportation. And, you know, and, and the, you know, the homecoming queen is dating Brandon Staley. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And so that's why Sean Payton right now is unemployed, still, in the NFL. Brandon Staley. Who, who tagged him for homecoming king? I, who, who knew? I know. Who knew uh, that was going to happen? Most popular in the yearbook, in the annual. Uh, Armando, one more on the coaching uh, carousel here, and then uh, we'll preview the games. Um, so, Jim Ursay reportedly wants Jeff Saturday as his full-time coach. That and, and the, the the reports also out of Indy are that he wasn't in on the every meeting in the first go-around for the interviews. Ursay, I'm talking about. If Ursay wants Saturday and they've already applied the Rooney rule to their interview process, why are they bringing back seven coaches for a second round of interviews if Ursay's going yeah. to hire Jeff Saturday? Right, because it feels like Jim Ursay let the general manager do his due diligence and the first round was for the general manager and who will have to work day to day with whomever they pick. Yep. regardless of whether it's Jeff Saturday or four or five other guys. And Jim Ursay has a feel for what he wants to do. I get the feeling he probably wanted to do Jim Harbaugh, but didn't want to go to the extent that it was required mm. to actually get Jim Harbaugh, which would have included, you know, a new general manager. Having said all this, um, Jeff Saturday, is he? I love Jeff Saturday. He's a good guy. Uh, great guy. Every time you talk to him, smart guy. But he's an on-the-job uh, trainee. And he continues to be that if he is hired full-time. He was an on-the-job trainee last year. And we, we, we kind of give him props for what? for beating the Raiders. But that was the only game he won. When Frank Reich handed over the team, they were three and five. And they finished something like, what, four and whatever, 13 or something like that. So the on-the-job trainee got less out of the, the team than what the guy you fired was getting. It just feels like, Jim Mercy, he's he's trying to outsmart everybody. And look, if if there's sixty thousand people in your stadium, sixty five thousand people in your stadium, and they all think that you should do A and you do B, you're probably wrong. They're probably right. It's as simple as that. Jim Ursay is not smarter than you or you 
or me. And yet he thinks he is. And we're going to see what he does. But if he is smart, he will get someone who is an up and comer or someone with experience or an up and comer with experience who is actually called plays <laughs> and led rooms. Um, Jeff Saturday, great guy, but not ready. Armando Salguero, our guest. Let's start in the NFC. We'll go in the order of the kickoffs. San Francisco and Philadelphia. Defense for the 49ers, outstanding. Same goes for Philly. Um, But this Philadelphia offense came out guns blazing against the Giants. What's the feel you have for this in the matchup? Because we, unlike... Kansas City and Cincinnati, we haven't seen these two teams square off in the regular season. What do you make of the Brock Purdy storyline going to Philly and having to win on the road and the 49ers defense matching up with the firepower of what the Eagles possess? Look, uh, so let's just go to the least common denominator. When that game between the Eagles and the 49ers is over, there will be two storylines. Number one, quarterback A is living a fairy tale story. Second storyline, quarterback B was defrocked as the fairy tale princess. Why? Because at the beginning of this year, no one thought Brock Purdy would be in the NFC Championship game. At the beginning of this year, No one thought Jalen Hurts would be in the NFC Championship game. As a matter of fact, I was at uh, Eagles practices in the preseason, and I was told, this is a good team, a really good team, lots of talent, and we'll see what Jalen Hurts is about. And if he's not about what we need him to be about, we'll replace him. So that's the Eagles thinking at the beginning of the year. They weren't, yeah, Jalen Hurts is our guy, and we're absolutely sure of it. They were not absolutely sure. And unless he takes them to the Super Bowl, they will remain unsure. Because regardless of what he's done so far, you got to win the big ones. You know, Josh Allen started this year as a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He finished the year as a guy that can't get into the AFC championship game. The, the game and they drive narratives and that's what Josh Allen is now. Two years in a row, unable to get into the AFC championship game. Brock, uh, Brock Purdy, young guy, but can he get you to the AFC championship, uh, NFC championship, uh, the Super Bowl, or maybe we, we got to rethink this next year again. It's always the last game that, that, you know, signs off on the narrative and the narrative for those two guys are going in totally different directions. Looking at the AFC championship game, what is reasonable to expect from Patrick Mahomes, given what we saw him dealing with after the ankle injury in this past game? Yeah, he's going to tough it out and it's reason. It's reasonable that he's going to play well. I mean, he should play well. He's got a very good team around him. An arguably a great team around him and a very good offensive line around him. What is not reasonable is that we won't see crazy Patrick Mahomes where he's 
jumping and throwing completions 40 yards down the field, or he's, you know, running, you know, out of, out of the pocket and against his body completing 30 yard passes that Patrick Mahomes probably isn't showing up. It's going to be a more, more conservative, more uh, scripted Patrick Mahomes that we're going to see. Are we overlooking Kansas City, given that description of Mahomes? Are, are, are we, I say we, just the public, are we looking at Cincinnati and saying, well, they've got three straight wins by three points over KC with a healthy Mahomes. How can they possibly lose this game at Arrowhead? Um, what else about Kansas City, Armando, wins them this game if they're going back to the Super Bowl? Uh, Andy Reid? Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's done some things and he knows some stuff and he gets guys to line up and do a little like, you know, carousel on people. Wait, Mahomes can't do that out. now. Mahomes can't do that now. Well, he <laughs> on one leg, he can hop on the one leg and do it. On the ride. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, you got to respect Andy Reid and what he is able to do. You have to respect that coaching staff that is very talented. It has two former NFL head coaches on it. In Spagnolo, the offensive co- uh, defensive coordinator, and Nagy, who was in Chicago, uh, it has you know arguably a future NFL head coach in Eric Bieniemy. Their offensive line is good. Their playmakers are good. Their defensive line is good. I mean, where are they bad? That's that's the point. Where are they bad? The Bengals are amazing at receiver. The Chiefs are good everywhere. And so uh, they, they are just a very balanced, good, good team that plays very well together. And I forgot, um, they've got a pretty amazing tight end. And I talked to Rob Gronkowski today, and I asked him, Rob, you tell me, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, you're starting a team tomorrow. Which one are you picking? And I would tell you what his answer was, except the story comes out tomorrow on outkick.com, and that's where you'll get the answer. Can't wait to read it. Can't wait to read about his comments on Travis Kelsey uh, at outkick.com, Armando. (laughs) Um, Final thing, though. Uh, You mentioned Andy Reid. Both of the defensive coordinators in this game are really intriguing. And... With Jones up front, Chris Jones for Kansas City, if they collapse the pocket on Burrow, that's how, to me, they're winning this game. And it's a, it is a depleted Cincinnati O-line. It didn't play a factor against Buffalo. It can in this game. And I think the defensive coordinator matchup uh, against the opposing offense, where we know Cincinnati and Arumo has been awesome. So has Spagnuolo, though, in, in the postseason runs that they've had recently. Lou is amazing. Lou is a friend, and I, I, I wish him all the best. I don't know many defensive coordinators that are just better uh, in-game and at halftime than Lou Anarumo. Uh, it's just He's just very outstanding at it. He just gets it. He sees it, and he doesn't have to study tape. He doesn't <laughs> have to get all the, you know, he sees it. There's a feel in for real it. Time. And adjust, which is a gift. Yes. Because some guys, you know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. And I think he is great at that. 
and you said if Chris Jones collapses the pocket, I would say when Chris Jones collapses that pocket. But you know what? Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they this isn't their first rodeo at having their pocket collapsed. <laughs> well, that's fair too. Yeah. Or <laughs> they, facing Chris Jones. They, so they they are expert at having collapsed pockets. And collapsed pockets don't bother Joe Burrow a whole lot. Are you headed to either game? I am going to Kansas City. Okay. Yes, so I will be wearing much more than this, you know, dry fit. <laughs> I think you should stick with it. Don't 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 uh, fix what isn't broke, Armando. That that dry fit works for you. Just wear it. Well, yeah, I, I will, and then fourteen other things on top of it. <laughs> there Absolutely. you go. Layer up. That's right. Always enjoy having you on, man, and uh, we can't wait to to read the story tomorrow with your conversation with Gronk, and of course, all the coverage this weekend for the AFC Championship game. Thank you for putting up with my coughing fit. I appreciate no, it, you guys. handled uh, you handled it well. You were the pro there, not us. Uh, Armando Salguero, uh, follow him. The, you can follow him on social. It's very simple. Just his name. Very easy. Yep. He's one of the lucky ones that has it's his name early, for social. The early people to get to Twitter. Right, yeah. get, and, his, get his name that's completely right. protected. That's right. And, uh, of course, read his work at outkick.com. Um, we've been paying for water <laughs> for, for a long time now. You know, like, uh, was it Jay-Z? No, it was 50 Cent. It was 50 Cent that started vitamin water and sold it to Coca-Cola. And the idea that you have to pay for water is, you know, kind of stupid, right? The bottled water. Uh, but I, I think this version of buying water uh, maybe proves us, proves all of us ignorant when it comes to trying to save what was Splash Mountain and the amount that people are paying for the water of Splash Mountain. Details next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chad, we pay for a lot of things that, you know, you can get for free. Water is certainly one of them. And Disney fans are selling their alleged water from Splash Mountain for $200. People were, the lines were ridiculous uh, for the final day of Splash Mountain as Disney shuts it down. And why is Splash Mountain being shut down? Well, I was listening to Clay. Um, it references something from like the 1940s or something that's being canceled, more or less. I don't know. It, it's. My, I had no I, idea about anything. I had a cousin mention this to me over the weekend at our family reunion, and uh, it always just brings to mind this. If someone didn't just point out or right. write about this being attached to something, no one would have known. I had no idea that there was some sort of well, cancelable it, quality like, about Splash Mountain until someone pointed out. I still don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it references a story from uh, some... Fab like fables from an era, like, <laughs> like a Nazi fable. No, from or? like the antebellum era. Oh, so not from the forties. So like the, no, yeah. but like the, the 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 story was written in the forties. Yeah, maybe? but it's based on like from the antebellum era. What you're saying is it's dumb. 
Yes. The reason that it's going away. Yes. Okay. It's like those trying to cancel university fight songs or mascots, right? Yeah. Like, if you, I don't think this, uh, I certainly didn't know anything about Splash Mountain referencing something from, you know, years and years ago. Well, specifically about selling the water, that's brilliant of uh, the Walt Disney Company to do this because if there's a market for something and people are dumb enough to spend $200 well, no, but these for are, a bottle of Splash Mountain water, then you sell that Splash but these Mountain are fan, water. these are Disney fans that claim they have the water from Splash Mountain that they're selling for 200 bucks, And then the, that means people are buying it. Again, yeah. if there's a market for dumb people to give you $200, it's smart of whoever does that, the Walt Disney Company, or people who claim that they have Splash Mountain water. Hutton, there have been uh, you know, uh, OnlyFans models and Instagram models who have made a living for years now selling their bath water to people. Right. Uh, this is just the Disney version of that. The Splash Mountain water is the bath water of Instagram models to many and many a troubled people I mean, out there that want to spend $200 on it. Fair enough. That's a great point. Yeah, at least that's what it, I do. I come in here. It's you get presented with a story, and you got you give a great point every but time. I, it's, I it's think, that, that's what it is. It's the Instagram uh, model of uh, amusement park. But rides. I think the creepy dude with the bathwater fetish is paid more than two hundred dollars for that. You think he's got a collection of mason jars in his house? <laughs> and he said, "What's that one up? What's that one up top in the light? Oh, that's Splash Mountain water. That's what that is." <laughs> you want a sip? Below that is Pam Anderson, <laughs> but that on top, allegedly, that's the jewel. Allegedly, that's the Pam jewel Anderson. of my collection. That's Splash Mountain. <laughs>